Lemon Pepper Parlay is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet, you get with Caesar's Rewards. Must be 21 or older. That's right, it's another edition of the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast. Mark Donalds, Martin Weiss, your host here. And uh, how about this? Only did one better than me in the pick'em contest this week, Mark Donalds. I told you, I'm coming for the kid from Kansas City. Do you feel me on your tail? Do you feel, do you hear the footsteps? Because I hear them and they're coming in loud. No, um, the bar is set very, very low for you at this point. That you're celebrating you finishing one game behind me in a week. <laughs> this is oh, this is no. where Martin Weiss has come to. This is I'm not ce- no, 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 no. I'm not celebrating. All <laughs> I'm doing is stating the facts. That's it. There's no conjecture over here. No pom poms. Now I'm not trying to make it bigger than it is, but I was told by one kid from Kansas City, the fade Martin Weiss. He doesn't know what he's doing. Since then, 500 record. You have a winning week before you do this? Can you finish over 500 for a week? I remember. Is that, is that fair? <laughs> I remember this. Why don't okay. you go ahead and start off the vibe check? All right. Yeah, because we're we're not going to start with you. Don't have good vibes. I'm not. I'm not rewarding a 500 week for your first time this year. But some real good vibes right now. I mean, how can I not go here? You know, just quietly. How about the Jaguars, Martin? The Jags, who you want to bury early on in the season, who I said is going to win the AFC South running away, and they're not running away right now, but three wins in a row? Hey, the offense still hasn't looked pretty, I will say that. Hasn't looked to Trevor Lawrence MVP level that I predicted before the season. But hey, they won two games in London. I was like, okay, maybe they need to stay there. Then the Colts come to Jacksonville, and uh, Minshew forgot what team he was playing for, apparently, in that game. I mean, my gosh, what a turnover fest it was in, in Florida down there. But, hey, three wins in a row. I know Trevor Lawrence did get banged up a little bit, but they said it's not serious. He's day-to-day. I, I do think they deserve some type of recognition right now. So give me the Jags right now. Three-game winning streak, baby. I'll tell you what. Is there a better back in the AFC in the last three weeks than Travis Etienne? Mm. It's a tough call. I can't think of one right now, top of my head. No. In the AFC, I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. I'm not sure. I texted my friend that ETN had bad balance midway through the first Jacksonville game. And ever since then, all he's been doing is tight roping stuff, running down the sidelines, scoring touchdowns. I think 190 yards rushing in the last two games. I think like 260 all purpose and four touchdowns. That'll get the job done for a running yeah, back. Absolutely. Where are you going with the good vibes this week? I'm starting out with the great vibes, immaculate vibes. Oh, okay. And they'll reside in Detroit, Michigan. Congratulations, <laughs> Detroit. If you could hear my voice, you have the best team in the NFC. Now, it's week wow. seven. Whoa. It's week seven. It's week seven. Whoa. Okay. Over the Niners? Hey, you tell me. We'll get to the Niners in just a moment because they're my mid-vibes right now. But Detroit Lions, week seven, have the best team in the NFC. The idea that Jared Goff right now is sitting at somewhere between 18 and 19 to one to be the NFL MVP and Brock Purdy is nine to one? Madness. Lay on Jared Goff. 
Lions plus 700 to win the NFC. Also madness. This team is, at this point, no matter how you shake it, a top three team in the NFC, I think. So I, I, before we move to the bad vibes, I got to ask, why are you stopping in the NFC? Are they the best team in the NFL? Because who in the AFC has looked that good? I'm just not ready yet. I'm not, okay. You got to remember, Mark. Okay. I, was, I covered the Lions for the first eight hey. years of my career. I've <laughs> seen all types of things happen. I've seen this thing come off the rails. I've seen this current coach and quarterback combination lose 29 to nothing to Bailey Zappi. Now, just since then, <laughs> has it stopped? They have turned this corner, it feels like. And the thing that really impresses me about it is the they have a great offensive line and a great defensive line. They have great skilled players. And even though most of them were nicked up last week, I was telling my boy, all they need is speed on the outside to really make that a complete offense. Insert Jamison Williams fresh off his parlay suspension. All right. And now all of a sudden that offense between, I mean, they had like six, six guys on offense on the injury report last week. Not a problem. A couple guys on defense, Brian Branch on the injury report. Not a problem. See you later, Tampa. Held on to six points. I mean, no 49ers, they sat up and lost to P.J. Walker and the Browns, all right? The Eagles lost to Zach Wilson and the Jets. Lions only lost us to the, to the Seahawks in overtime. Well, we both picked to win the NFC West before the year, by the way. <laughs> so we we think really highly of Seattle. But while we're here just for a second, I, I will say this, and I think this is fascinating because you look at the Lions, right? You know, they won week one against the Chiefs. Everybody was talking about there's no Travis Kelsey, no Chris Jones. They only won by one point. Cool. Get that, right? But the defense is what's really impressed me throughout the last couple of weeks because that was a weak point, obviously, talking about that Seattle game. It seemed like they're starting to figure some things out. You mentioned the Brian Branch. Obviously, we know about Aiden Hutchinson up front. But look at that division. I mean, you're looking at the league right now. There's probably two divisions right now that are over. And that's one of them, the NFC North. I mean, the second place team is the Packers at two and three. Another division that's over is the AFC West. That that's over as well with the Chiefs running away with that one. So I mean, hey, now they're playing for NFC seeding. Forget the NFC North. That's already in the bag. If they can get a one seed in the NFC, could you imagine the hosting a potential NFC championship game in Detroit, Michigan, Martin? First of all, no, I can't. I can't okay, imagine. You're not going I, that far. No, okay, no, 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 no. This team is good enough to do it. Oh, this okay. team is good enough to do it. I've just seen too much from okay. the Lions in years past. You still past. got PTSD. Got you. PTLD, post-traumatic Lions disorder. All right? <laughs> I've seen it happen. I've, I've seen this team blow all types of things they shouldn't have blown. Right? And I'm not, there's not even sense in running down the list. Because that's what the Lions have done up until, I've, bro, we can't talk about it enough. One in six. They walk into New England and lose yeah. to the backup quarterback by damn near 30 points. And yeah. from that, that was a that was a that was a, a a seminal moment, right? That's a moment in which, yo, this is head coach gets fired type of deal, right? After if this thing keep going on like this, you're gonna get fired. Since that moment, what did they do? All they did was rip off wins, beat Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau, and since that moment, have only lost, I think, like three games. In the regular season, and one of which they beat the defending Super Bowl champion and had Patrick Mahomes looking like, hmm. About to get to the bad vibes here, but I did tweet out today why I posted on X. It's not tweet anymore. 
that they're 13 and three in their last 16 games. Pretty impressive stuff there from the Lions. They got a big game this week in Baltimore. We'll get to that a little bit later. But as far as bad vibes, I don't think we've used this team yet throughout the whole season. And we need to do it right now. How about the Tennessee Titans? Oh, yeah. Ryan Tannehill gets hurt out there. And they were in London, right? Was it London? Yeah, Yeah, Uh, London Hotspur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets hurt. Malik Willis comes in. The offense does nothing at all. You see D-Hop on the sideline walking away from guys trying to sit down to him on the bench. I mean, this is a guy that was recruited by the Chiefs, the Bills, you know, legit contenders that were trying to add to the receiver room. He decided to play with Ryan Tannehill. Um, The Titans have been a consistent playoff team since Mike Vrabel's been there. But now you're looking at the future. Ryan Tannehill is obviously going to be on the way out. They don't even have a quarterback of the future there. You got two young guys you drafted, Malik Willis and um, Will Levis, right? But are, are you really sold on either guy That's that to be the guy? I'm not. So I, I just don't see how this team – and you're looking at that South, right? I mean, you got the Texans with C.J. Stroud. You got the Colts with Anthony Richardson. And you have the Jags with Trevor Lawrence, all under 25 years old. It's not looking good for the Titans for the now and the future. I mean, the one, I guess the one thing that you could say is a benefit, Ryan Tannehill getting carted off last week uh, in, in, in England. Now I guess you'll get to see just how good or bad Malik Willis and Will Levis are. But the thing that, I, you know, the whole timeline is like, how can we ever seen these young kids playing? I remind you of something that one Mike Zimmer said when asked why Kirk Cousins was still the quarterback. And you said, because I watch Kellen Mond in practice every day. <laughs> he watches him in practice every day. My mid-vibes, I'm going to the San Francisco 49ers. Interesting choice here. Look, this is not a power ranking. I mean, this is not this is not a power ranking. This isn't the standings. These are the vibes. This is how the locker room feels after the game is over with. How do you feel going into next week? That's what this is. And if I'm the 49ers, I just lost to P.J. Walker. Not only did I just lose to P.J. Walker, while losing to P.J. Walker, XFL legend Houston Roughneck, who, by the way, remember, I told you in this very podcast last week, I said, P.J. Walker, give me the Browns. DTR, not a chance. <laughs> told you, P.J., competent NFL quarterback. Not nearly a star, but... He tried to throw the game away, though, didn't he? He won't throw the game away. And you know what he... Damn near tried to. You know what he did? That a lot of quarterbacks aren't doing? Made a tackle on what would have been a pick six. P.J. Walker, I salute you, brother. But in this loss, you also lost Trent Williams for a moment. We'll see how that progresses because the sprained ankle just don't heal on a 6'5", 300-pound man. We lost Debo Samuel for a stretch. Didn't see him come back. Christian McCaffrey's oblique apparently is not in line anymore. Boom, another injury. And not only this, I got to give my boy Mike Silver credit. He's been banging the drum on this since the draft. They let go of Robbie Gold, who had essentially never missed in a clutch situation. Some 40 for 40 when the clutch stats line up. Jake Moody missed two field goals that would have potentially been the difference right then and there. And the biggest thing of it all is you found out that all that Brock Purdy for MVP conversation was just wasted air, right? It wasn't happening, you know, and that this is the reason why. 
Oh man, let's get to the ugly. Um, I could have used the same team again, but I'm not. It was the obvious choice. This is probably the Patriots, but you know, I'm afraid you might have the same team on this one, but I don't care. I'm staying right here in LA, down the street from me at SoFi Stadium with the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> I tweeted you. Well, I keep saying tweeted you. I texted you yesterday. I just said Brandon Staley. That's all I said. Two words. You, you already knew what I was talking about. The, it was 10 to 7. Points were hard to come by in this game. And this guy did not take the points. I, I couldn't believe it. The game flow tells you, take the points. You're barely moving the ball. You haven't gotten in the field goal range that much in this game. You had an opportunity to tie it up. And guess what? You lost the game by three points. And now, you know, I'm not going to say this is all on Brandon Staley. Justin Herbert missed some passes in this game. That was uncharacteristic. I remember the Keenan Allen one. I think you cut it probably in the, in the tape room today. I did was, actually today. Uh, yeah, there you go. He was up the seam, just a blatant miss. So I'm not going to say this is your typical, I'm just putting Brandon Staley to the cross game. But still, I mean, I couldn't believe that decision. You're two and three now, and you're heading to Kansas City this week. Your season's probably on the line. You can't go two and four. At that point, it's looking very murky. And so, I mean, this is a very winnable game. I feel like we said this about every single Chargers game. <laughs> that is a winnable game. <laughs> and here you are. So I got to go the Chargers there. Man, speaking of the Chargers, I don't know if you saw my, I'm calling them tweets. Uh, but I tweeted a picture of Brandon Staley at his intro press conference and then a picture of him last night. And it really looked like one of those side by sides of a guy, like when his first gets elected to presidency, like yeah. in his like at his, at his like election party. And then on his that last day, <laughs> that's Brandon said it looked like he's been through some things, bro. He looked like he's been through some things. It, it, it's not great. My ugly vibes would be Atlanta Falcons. Mm. How many different chances do you need to win a game? Apparently for Desmond Ritter, it's four because three wasn't enough. <laughs> three was not enough. And the commanders did everything they could to lose that game. Arthur Smith on the sideline, just looking like a disappointed father, every seventh offensive play. And they got all the talent in the world. I know their skill players aren't great. You know, traded for Van Jefferson. He didn't really see the field and get too many reps. But they should be able to run the ball on everybody. Spoiler alert. They can. It's just every so often they need Desmond Ritter to be Brock Purdy. Instead, he's Desmond Ritter. And it's just, I mean, some of those pass attempts, some the ones that weren't intercepted were terrible. And this team, defensively, they're pretty good. Offensively, they can run the ball. It's just when it comes time, they have to stay on schedule because if it gets to third and five or more, might as well just punt the ball on third down. Yeah, and I was just thinking bigger picture here. I feel like we said this every year. Somebody has to win that division. I mean, you got the Saints took the L in Houston. I mean, they had so many chances to win that game. The Bucks got stomped at home against the Lions. The, the Panthers are awful. I mean, we both, I think we both picked the Falcons before the year to win that division. I mean, they could be five and one right now. I mean, it's it's really disappointing that they don't have the lead or at least tied. Uh, well, I guess they are 
I don't know. That division is a mess. I think everybody's three and three. I don't know. I don't know. That that division is terrible. <laughs> Not everybody. Not everybody's three and three. Well, except the team at the, the bottom. Carolina Panthers <laughs> are zero and six. Yeah. I said it. I said it, man. Look, Carolina, you always have the first quarter against Miami. You'll always have it. It'll always be there. You can always go back and look and remember and say, hey, remember that time that the best offensive football scored with three and out consecutive times on us? And then they'll just forget the 42 to seven stretch that they went on afterwards. I didn't look, but I bet you at the time, <laughs> the money line for the Dolphins was still like minus really good odds to win that game. Like the Dolphins were were, still favored. Yeah, when they were down 14 nothing, like I'm there's probably no value still <laughs> at all at that point. Another team that would have been a great ugly vibe contender, but I agree with you in the like the kind of the Patriots way of like, yo, those vibes are in hell already, right? So it's like, you know, yeah. the, the vibes are in hell. The Chicago Bears. Justin Fields played his best two games week four and five in the NFL, right? Since he has gotten into the league, he played his best two games in week four and five, resulting in the Bears going one and one. He comes out, gets hurt week six. And they're talking about Tyson Bajit. Bajent, forgive me. If I don't know his name, because he's an undrafted guy from D2 somewhere. Yeah. The, you know what the headline in the Chicago Sun-Times on Monday morning was? Bagent of change. They're calling for Ty- Tyson, Tyrone, whatever his name is, Bagent to be the starter. Mark, in the game in which he played. He had a terrible interception and a fumble that led directly to a touchdown. And he only played like a quarter and a half. That's crazy. Dark times. And then Ryan Poles was at USC Notre Dame. Yeah. In which Caleb Williams played the worst game he's played since he was in high school. Probably the worst game of his entire life. Wow. Wow, yeah, Chicago's a freaking mess. What a mess. So what uh, what what results from last week do you want to jump in and talk about real quick? Let's talk about we we have to touch on this game because this is a game that we previewed. The Bengals Seahawks. Um, talk about an ugly, ugly game, by the way. I I I expected a lot more points in this in that game. Uh the game flow did not go how I expected it at all, but this has kind of been the Bengals way. Uh, throughout this point in the season. I mean, minus the a couple deep balls they had in Arizona, this offense still looks very stagnant. Uh, it looks like Joe Burrow, he looks healthier, but it looks like he's still hesitant on holding the ball and letting deep routes develop. He doesn't want to get hit. And and that that's a problem because it's definitely hindering their offense. I mean, shout out to their defensive front. I mean, it seemed like every time they needed to play and get a sack, they got one on Geno at the perfect times because Seattle had so many chances to, to win this game. Uh, and shout out to um, Cam Taylor Britt, too, man. He's one of those up-and-coming corners, good I think, player. really taking the next step. He played really good on DK Metcalf. That one route DK did to stop on it when he got the pick. I don't know what that was about there. Um, I know what it's about. DK Metcalf, you got to grow up, dog. Like, seriously. With the whole pacifier mouthpiece, at this point, you've been in the league too long, right? You're too, like, you've had, like, you've been in the league too long. You, 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 I I tweeted it out, but the one that Cam, he throws down on a defensive back, that's fifth. That's a personal foul. He gets the personal foul. 
15 yards after the play every game, it seems. Right. And then if you're going to do all that crying, at least be A.J. Brown. All right. At least be A.J. Brown. When you catch the ball, you're going to take a six yard slant and break it 60 yards. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Now, A.J. Brown, he's not even blocking unless it's a screen, right? If he knows the pass ain't come through, he know. All right? And he's sitting on the sideline, grinding, and everybody's saying, he said, it's not about targets. Of, of course. What else are you talking about? The weather? You know what I'm saying? As you're sitting there arguing with Jalen Hurts on the sideline. D.K. Metcalf loses his mind twice on every Sunday, and everybody's just like, hey, man, what can you do? I don't know. You can grow the hell up. Yeah. And and, and and that that was to me terribly unprofessional. He let Gino out to dry on that interception. He just quit running. Yeah. I mean, my gosh, you know, like I said, we both had Seattle win that division. I think that would have been a great game to win, especially on the same day the Niners lost. I mean, what a golden opportunity they had there to tie things up in the NFC West. And on the Bengals side, like we said before a couple weeks ago. This is a team before the year that you was really high on. You kind of start to waver a little bit after the first few weeks. So I'm, I want to test the temperature now. They're heading to the bye week. They're three and three, despite winning ugly. But hey, they got to three and three, and they play the Niners out after the bye. So where is the Martin temperature at on the Cincinnati Bengals right now? Probably close to similar as the temperature in Cincinnati right now. Like a solid 40 degrees, 50 degrees, bundle <laughs> up, wear a hoodie. Uh, not necessarily freezing cold, but it ain't hot yet. Like this, Seattle should have won this game going away. They had double the yards. You know, it's just if they were just dead in the red zone. And credit Cincinnati's defense because they stepped up. But none. This has been the Jamar Chase show on offense, which he's great. He's a top five receiver in the league, right? Top tier one receiver in the league, however you want to square it, right? But Joe is not – that's not what made Joe special. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not what made Joe great was just feeding Jamar Chase. It was the fact that, hey, you had Jamar Chase dragging coverage everywhere, and he's putting the guy – he's putting the number, the ball in T. Higgins in the numbers, Tyler Boyd in the numbers. Like, he's one of those receiver, quarterbacks. So when they're running, the ball just seems to fall into their elbow. You know what I'm saying? And at, at, alongside of where they're at. He hasn't looked like that yet. And until he does look like that, the ceiling for this Bengals team is the wild card at the best. Do you have any solace in the fact that their hands of the bye week now seems to be probably a good time for them? Joe can get a little extra rest, maybe clean some, clean some things up in the film room. And you got the Niners coming out after the bye. I mean, extra week to prepare. Do you feel makes you feel a little bit better about them? No. No, um, okay. <laughs> I mean, I tell you what, though, they have an opportunity to, to I don't want to say shock the world, it won't be crazy shocking, but they want to be considered contenders. They'll have the opportunity to prove it next week. Okay. And uh, let's get into one more uh, game recap before we uh, preview the games of week seven. We got to touch on that game out there in New Jersey or New York, wherever that stadium is at. The Eagles got their first loss of the season. I mean, it feels like it was inevitable, right? They've been playing with fire this whole entire season. They played the Jets. Robert Salas popping off, talking about he made all these quarterbacks look em- embarrassed him, right? Mahomes. He, em- he says he embarrassed Mahomes. He embarrassed yeah, Mahomes Josh was Allen. real embarrassed as he was sliding into the two-yard <laughs> line to do the, cel- the the hands over my head. Look at look everybody, look at me, look how great I am. Celebration. Robert Salas feeling himself, man. What, what was your biggest takeaways from the Eagles falling to the Jets? Nick Sirianni. I told you, I'm not sold. And you know what? Even less sold. 
what are you what are we doing here? Like, what are I wrote about this? You know, I launched my Substack. You saw that, right? You got the first edition. You can see it yeah. on Substack. Search Martin Weiss, the neutral field. I love right? the shameless plug. Let's do it. Yeah. Me. I, I mean, I did write about it. It's true. I said it was the dumbest thing I saw last week was Nick Sirianni, after Jalen Hurts already had two interceptions in a game which would have a two-point lead, throwing the ball on third and nine? Why? You're playing the Jets. I understand the Jets have a good defense, but people out here are talking about it's like the 85 Bears. I know DJ Reed got that got it started, and now people continue to talk about the Jets as if they have this great defense. He didn't the even Jets, play our sauce. I mean, and then too, I just run the ball, eat the clock, and God forbid you have to punt. God forbid you have to punt and put your defense on the field. Your defense, mind you, had four sacks already on Zach Wilson. And again, it's Zach Wilson. Like, it's Zach Wilson leading some comeback drive on your defense, and that's that's a bigger issue. But third and nine, especially when you know that I would have did the brotherly show. Why not? I think you would have got at least, I mean, especially from third and nine, if you run that play, because no, the defense is not going to be expecting you to be like just running it through the A gap the way you normally would on third and one or fourth and one. You could get about five, six yards probably. I think you could get five, six yards on it. Just do it again. Just see what happens. Like, and if nothing else, you know what you do? You eat clock. You end up punting the ball to the Jets with, I don't know, a minute and 10 seconds left to be aggressive, right? To be like if you didn't run all the time with the clock. That was a coaching loss 100% to me. Well, here's my pushback on that. And I, I get the, the logic. It makes sense. You're playing Zach Wilson, pun the ball one minute to go, trust your defense to get a stop. I get all of that. But at the same time, I feel like you also have to there, – there's player management. There's um, it, with installing confidence, instilling confidence in guys, right, or keeping the confidence there. You have a quarterback in which finished second in MVP voting last year in Jalen Hurts, right? What is the message in the locker room to him after the game, third and nine, and you take the ball out of his hands? I that, think Jalen Hurts that, that doesn't play well. That doesn't. You're talking well about the, the same room. guy, the same guy who got benched in the national championship game and then transferred out and won the Heisman. This guy is not afraid of a little adversity. That was the, the question about Jalen Hurts was never about his mindset. It was like, is he going to be able to throw the ball with enough anticipation? But what other quarterbacks that we're having top five discussions with are you not letting them pass the ball on third and nine in that situation? It, uh, hell, a lot of them. If it's, if it's one minute and 50 I seconds, guarantee the you, other team don't I have no timeouts. Andy Reid is throwing the ball in Mahomes. I guarantee you Josh Allen is, is throwing the ball. Justin Herbert's throwing the ball. He threw a pick, but he's throwing the ball. So, like I think all these guys are getting the chance to throw the ball in that situation. I just don't think that plays well as far as the confidence you have in your quarterback. Well, Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert, and all that autonomy that he's got to go forward and throw the ball on fourth down, two and four. You know what plays worse? A loss in the locker room. That plays worse. Hey, sometimes you got to bite the bullet, man. You got to believe in your guys within reason. Within reason. Speaking of Josh Allen, this is consecutive weeks in which the Bills had seven points going into the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah. Mm. We, didn't, we didn't touch on that game. I almost forgot about that game. That was such a forgettable game to me. 
<laughs> I didn't. I, well, you know, it's like the refs forgot to call pass interference on the last play of the game as well because he should have been a Giants win. Eddie, I was yeah, all over yeah, the Giants. Yeah, I picked yeah. it. I, Eddie, I bet Giants money line. I was disgusted. Bet it money line pregame. So I well, know this. Yeah, what was it? Plus what? What was it? Nine hundred. Oh my gosh. Oh, you were. I know you were sick. It should have been interference. But why on that last play? I don't understand. They just went to a straight drop back game. Why not get Taylor Tyrod Taylor on the on the go on the on the bootleg or he has an option to run and pass? Like I didn't get the whole just drop back thing. Ooh, you're missing out. You're missing all of it. Don't overlook the forest for the trees. Why don't you give the ball to the guy that you just gave $10 million guaranteed to who just came back? Saquon Barkley. Why don't you hand the ball to Saquon if you're going to lose? Lose with your best. Like, Tyrod Taylor is the backup quarterback who famously, according to Brian Dayball, checked into a run play at the end in the end of the first half when there was no timeouts left. And, Brian, you saw Dayball chew him out for like 10 minutes walking down the way. Tyrod Taylor, as much football as he's played, and I think he's a competent NFL quarterback. I'm not trying to kill him for it. You know what I'm saying? He made a mistake. But, no, Tyrod Taylor is not the reason why you want to go into the press conference on Monday and be like, yeah, that's how we won, right? You'd love it if $40 million Daniel Jones was a bigger reason of why you would win. Sure. But Tyrod Taylor is a backer for a reason. So hand the ball to Saquon Barkley. Why don't you? That just, feels too, that just feels too predictable to me. That just feels too predictable. Do you know what else is predictable? The brotherly shove. Yeah, a sprint right option for Kansas City on fourth down. Sure. Right? <laughs> you know what else? You know, <laughs> like some things are just predictable, all right? Like, uh, what do you want me to talk? Like, there's more. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but there you go. Sprint right option on fourth down. You feel bad running that with Kansas City? No, because you know that Kelsey's going to do something and get open. All right? You know what else is predictable? Tyreek Hill. Do something about it. <laughs> Tyreek Hill, go deep. <laughs> so what? Do something about it. But anyway. Let's go ahead and take a break, man, before we get into week seven preview. All right, let's do it. Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All of this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns reward credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using code OMAHAFULL and then place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great, you keep those winnings. But if you lose, you get to stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and up only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 wager only. Must register with the eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is held as a loss. Bet maximum bonus bet $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to the account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. No one to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, and Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, 
West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Mark. First game on the slate, your guy, Trevor <laughs> Lawrence. That MVP ticket is still holding on to it strong, huh? Anyway, <laughs> they go to New Orleans. They've they've been on the move, man. The Jaguars have. Uh, they go to New Orleans. Your hometown. They're one point dogs at the moment. Thirty nine is the total. And uh, where are you landing with this? This is a tricky one. This line just moved from three to one not too long ago, which tells me Trevor Lawrence probably does play. He's been seen practicing today, recording on a Tuesday with a knee brace. So I do think he gives it a go in a short week. But whether he plays or not, actually, I like the Saints here. I I like that. I really do. I think back at home, this is a team that's been kind of sputtering offensively, but they're moving the ball from what I can tell. They're moving the ball. They're just having... A lot of red zone problems. And the Jags are playing good defense. But I do think with a a hobbled Trevor Lawrence, he won't be 100% on a short week. The Saints do have a really, really good defensive front. Just good defense overall. A lot of veterans over there. I I think at home, I think they win this game. And if you're just giving – they're fair by one point. So I think they cover the one point and take the win here. So, to your point, this you must be a hard one for you because you're not high on either one of these teams. No, it's not. I'm. I mean, <laughs> but it, to me, it's clear. I'll tell you here, right here, right now. You know who the worst quarterback in the red zone was last year? I think it was Derek Carr. It absolutely was. So far this season, Derek Carr has completed just 11 of 25 pass attempts in the red zone. It's not good. 44 percent inside the 10. Derek Carr has completed three of 11 passes. Second Not lowest good. completion percentage in the league. Just beating Daniel Jones out. Daniel Jones, by the way, who's been knocked out and didn't even play the last game. Right? So there you there you have it. Derek Carr is the worst starting quarterback in the red zone over the last 36 months. It's just a lot of facts. It's just facts. I'm not betting on the sun rising in the West. Right. This idea that Derek Carr, you know, he just has red zone problems. You know, that's like, you know, 
It's like, you know, oh, she's fine. She just goes out every night and never comes home. But she's great otherwise. It's like, no, this just doesn't make any sense. It, it but do you buy not- this Jags defense without the turnovers? Like, can they actually... I don't know. This is going to be an ugly game. It's going to be an ugly game. Yeah, my official play is <laughs> under 39. Yeah, 39 The Saints are an under team. The Saints are an under team 100% of the way. You know, they have held teams in the last 13 of 14 games. They have held teams under 20. They've held teams under 20 points, right? The defense has. Okay. But also, in their last 14 of 15 games, the Saints have also scored under 20 points. Yikes. It's not good. Give me the, I'm taking the Jaguars. It's not good. Trevor Lawrence. I already actually already bet it. <laughs> oh, you did? Yes, I did. Okay. I bet it at three. Because I thought, I mean, I, I figured Trevor would play. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. Let's go to from Martin's hometown. Let's go to my hometown. Let's go to Kansas City. Talk about those aforementioned Chargers. They're traveling to the Midwest to take on the Chiefs right now. Kansas City's five-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is at 48-and-a-half. Actually, 48-even right now. It's went down a half from last time I saw it. I'll take the lead here. I like the Chiefs to win, but I actually like the Chargers to cover. Five-and-a-half seems a little too hefty for me. I've seen these two teams play during the Herbert and Mahomes era, and it seems like every game comes down to a field goal at the very, very end, or a three-point game. I think you see a similar situation here. The Chargers are playing for their season. They're going to be super, super desperate. I, I think you're going to pull out all the tricks in the bags. I mean, I would love to get an over-under on how many fourth downs Brandon Staley goes for in this game. I, I think the number should be, at least be three and a half. Uh, and I think he probably goes over. Uh, they're going to be super aggressive, and I, I do think that could benefit them in a lot of ways in this game against a pretty good Chiefs defense thus far. But uh, I think the Chargers covered a five and a half. I'm anti on this. I'm opposite. You're taking the Chiefs to cover? Hold on. We need a breaking news sounder. Martin is taking the Chiefs to cover? I took him to cover last week. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Wow. I'm shocked. Definitely took the Broncos. And I I definitely was sick. I shouldn't be shocked. Because the only team that you would probably... Do this with is the Chargers. <laughs> no, because the last, the last, your handicap wasn't wrong. Over the last three years, these games have been one possession games. Like throughout the, as Dave, like the Dave Damage always says, the many eras since yeah. Brandon Staley has been in LA, yeah. right? These games have been field goal type games. But like you said, the Chargers are playing for their season. I think the wheels fell off. I think the wheels fell off. Uh, you know, uh, we're, and at this point, as long as the Chiefs, take it seriously like i know they take every game seriously but they doing like tush pushes with the with the kicker coming up as the guy pushing you know they're doing uh uh read options with Kadarius tony like you know I'm, you know why i'm sorry why receiver one Kadarius tony i was told he was going to be a weapon on the outside uh all off season i, I was told that that was going to happen i'm still waiting to see it happen but uh Waiting to see him catch a pass further than seven yards down the field. Uh, like week one, we were all expecting him to be able to do, right? Yeah. No, anyway, I digress. As long as this Chiefs offense is on task and on schedule, I think you might be on to your Rasheed Rice deal there. 
especially if they line him up. If they work him off of Kelsey, he will be open, right? Because Kelsey just does nothing, right? He does everything and nothing in the same. Does not, he doesn't run any route for real. He'll stop. He'll wiggle. He'll just figure it out. And it, it throws defenses out of whack because he's breaking every football rule. So Rasheed Rice should be open as a result because the rules are going to be, let's stop Travis Kelsey. Therefore, uh, there you go. So I like him. I like his stock going forward this season. And Kansas City covers this one. They went by a touchdown. Wow. Okay. Okay. Let's go to one game that I'm truly fascinated by. The Detroit Lions, the red hot Lions are going to Baltimore. The Ravens are getting the classic three-point favorite treatment at home against the Detroit Lions, who you said is the best team in the NFC right now. I'm really, really curious to see where you land on this one. Forward down the field, a Lion team that would not yield. That's their uh, theme song there. Uh, every time they score a touchdown, that's what they sing. I don't remember okay. the third line, but it ends with a Lions victory. <laughs> there you go. Lions beat the Ravens, who secretly have been sneaking by on Justin Tucker hitting super long field goals and Lamar Jackson being Superman. I was told that this offense was going to be dynamic and different with Todd Monken and Odell, Bell, Odell Beckham Jr. And my radio co-host told me that, get this, that Zay Flowers is Tyreek Hill's second coming. I'm oh, still wow. waiting to see wow. that happen and show any sign of action. This Baltimore offense looks strikingly the same. And I'm not knocking Lamar for it because he's been playing at an MVP-ish type level. But when you got that defensive line that Detroit has, let's see how well he does. So we're on the opposite ends here, and I'm not going to lie to you. I don't have the fancy, the last 14 out of 15 games numbers or no trends or anything. This is just me going off of vibes, man. You know, this is a vibe show. I'm vibing, bro. I just feel like the Lions are due for some type of regression at some point. I thought I was going to be last week. I had the Bucks in that game actually outright. I really did. I thought that was a classic trap game against a good defense. Baker's playing pretty solid. But I think this is a statement game for Baltimore. They haven't looked that impressive, even in their wins. They're at home, back-to-back role games for the Lions. I just think they're due for a stumble here. And, and it's not going to be a game where we look back and like, oh, the Lions are frauds. I expect it to be a very competitive game. But I think the Ravens do win by at least a field goal to this one. But to your point, though, every week so far, the team that was riding high has kind of fallen down. Kansas City lost week one. San Francisco, I'm forgetting all of them, but like last week, San Francisco beat the living hell out of Dallas. Come back, lose to P.J. Walker and the Browns. So if trends continue, the Lions should be in a tough spot. But if if you were looking at real trends, you'd see that the Lions and Dan Campbell and Jared Goff are cover machines. I understand that. I understand. I'm going against conventional wisdom on this one. And uh, another team that could use any type of wisdom right now is the New England Patriots. And you're probably wondering, why am I including this game? Well, because the Bills look like complete trash against the Giants. The Bills are traveling to Foxborough against the lowly Patriots. Right now, the Bills are eight and a half point favorites. The over-unders are 41 and a half. Where are you at on this one? I am at ready to walk out of their apartment and not even talk about this football. This is an ugly so one. disgusting. Because, like, can you back the Bills, but can you back the Patriots? Like, I don't <laughs> If, I mean, That's since I have I to pick. This game, I knew it was going to be hard to pick a line on this one. Look, 
I have thought the last four times I've picked the Patriots, I've had the same thought. It can't get worse than this. And every week it gets worse than this. Yes. Like every week, it, the idea that the Patriots just lost to Brian Hoyer. Like Jimmy Garoppolo played, sure. But bro, first of all, who goes to the hospital for a back injury? Interesting. Anyway, Ryan Hoyer? Ryan Hoyer hasn't been able to play since he was backing up Cam Newton in New England. And if there was ever a guy to beat him, I guess Brian Hoyer knows where all the buried, bodies are buried in New England. But go ahead. Give me the Patriots again in the points. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just going to end up staying here. I'm just going to stay here, and I'm just going to go ahead and just, just sacrifice uh, just one potential win every week. This is how – this is my life now. This is like the Ravens when they had Patrick Ricard as an eligible receiver, and they just were choosing to only have four real pass-catching options at eligible receiver on every single offensive play. And everybody's like, how come the Ravens can't pass the ball? I don't know. Maybe because they got a 300 guy – a uh, 300-pound guy lined up at, at at running back. Maybe that's part of the problem, but I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm the problem. Just, Bill, either retire or hire a general manager and, and just make the world right again. I feel like the Patriots will continue to not cover and we'll be here like week 12, and they'll be like a 14-point dog against the Chiefs. And you, you'll be like, it can't get any worse. I'm taking the Patriots. <laughs> I'm going to have to seriously look in the mirror and talk to myself because I sit there and watch this team and think about how bad they are. Like, they are a bad team. But I do know this. If I'm sitting midway through the fourth quarter this 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 week and the Bills have a three-point lead, I'm going to be sick. I'm going to be sick in my stomach. And the lead will only be 10-7. to 7. Right, that may be it. Might be three to nothing the way this goes. But yeah, I'll I'm, take the New England. I'm God taking, damn. I'm taking the Bills, and here's my logic of thinking. I'm throwing away the, the game two weeks ago overseas. They, the the Jags were already there. The Bills had jet lag. I'm buying all of that narrative, and then I'm coupling that with. They had to come back to the States. They didn't get the buy. Normally, when you go overseas, you get that buy the next week. They didn't get the buy. They had to come back. So they still had jet lag. So I'm erasing the last two weeks of evidence, Martin. I don't care. It didn't, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Now they're back on schedule. They have two straight weeks in the same country. So I think their offense gets rolling this week, and they win by double digits. That's my logic in this one. Patriots been in that? the same country all year. It didn't seem to matter. <laughs> How about going real quick? How about yeah. nailing the Patriots as uh, as the survivor pick in Week Three? How about that? <laughs> the one win that they've had all year. I told you they're they're not losing to Zach Wilson. No, they, I said eliminated. And I said they'll never ever want to use the Patriots again. Right on both counts. Yeah, thank you right. very much. He was right. Let's get to I think what most people consider the game of the week. Chris Collinsworth will be very, very happy Sunday night football to call this game. You got the Miami Dolphins. The high-rolling Dolphins are traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Right now, the Eagles are only a point-and-a-half point favorites right now at home. 52 even is the over-under right now. I'll start on this one. I'm really excited for this game, first of all. I'm really struggling with this one. I really am because the Dolphins have been rolling against bad teams, just annihilating people. The Eagles haven't looked good. They just come off a loss. 
I'm a begrudgingly, I'm taking the Eagles. And I'm not that confident in this one. I'm really, really not. Like, I'm not. But you got the battle of the two Alabama quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts versus Tua. You were talking earlier about Jalen Hurts being benched. Well, this is the guy that he was benched that came in and took his spot, Tua. So I like that narrative of this game. Uh, I think Jalen Hurts has a little something to prove after throwing three picks last week. They're going home, and I'm going with the whole regression to the mean theory here. The Eagles come off a loss. The Dolphins have just been blowing teams out all season except the Buffalo Bills. Give me the Eagles with uh, covering the point and a half here. You say except for the Buffalo Bills. Well, they also didn't blow out the Chargers in week one. That was a 36-34 matchup. Well, you're right, matchup. you're right, you're right. And, and somehow, some way, the New England Patriots scored yeah. 17 points against this team week two. You're right. You know, I think that 70-point game just kind of clouded people's minds, and we kind of counted that as like three games. When they score 70, <laughs> but they well, really haven't blown out everybody. You're right. You're right. It's in well, since that, since then, they haven't lost by less than two scores. Yeah. Well, right. So, you know, congratulations. The NFL, that's blowing people out. I'm taking the Eagles too. Uh, like I said, about like you said, bounce back game. Jalen Hurts throwing three interceptions in a game's not happening, especially if you just run the ball on third and nine, you dummies. You would have won last week. Anyway, uh, this Dolphins team is defensively is concerning to me. They started, I mean, they gave up 14 points to the Panthers. Panthers haven't scored 14 points in consecutive drives all season, right? And I know that, like, they obviously won the game, and you shouldn't take away too much more than that. But the Giants put 16 up on this team and had four several turnovers from two of them, right? The Giants' defense did. Eagles better than the Giants in pretty much every aspect of life and football, right? I expect the Eagles' defense to be able to – the thing about the Dolphins, they're all timing, right? If the Eagles defense can get home, Jalen Carter, if he's out there and Fletcher Cox and so on and so forth, they can get home, disrupt some of that timing a little bit. This thing slows down considerably. So I think the Eagles are able to do that, especially when you consider the Eagles offense. This is one of those ball control, run the ball, except for on third and nine with a minute and 50 seconds left in the game, apparently, uh, types of offenses. That's why I also like the under here, but officially going Eagles. Yeah, I like them in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Uh, up front, we know the names they got, and then obviously they have a great offense line as well. I think that's where this game is won for Philadelphia. And plus, too, you know, anytime a team adds Julio Jones, week seven of the NFL season, <laughs> you got to take him, right? Julio Jones is the only player in the NFL right now, I believe, who plays a skill position who is older than me. Yeah, I I didn't see that coming at all. That just happened while we are recording this episode. I didn't even know he even wanted to play football anymore. I I know he didn't retire, but there was like no buzz at all about teams looking for him or him trying to try out or there was no videos posted of him working out, at least from what I've seen. So, hey, shout out to him. He's getting another NFL paycheck. One of the best receivers of my lifetime who somehow remar- remarkably rarely scored touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was a down uncanny. Get, Get you, you down, down there, there but... Uh, <laughs> But uh, when it got to the red zone, him and Derek Carr, you should put that pairing together. Field goal central. <laughs> All right, Mark, let's take a quick break, and then we'll get into our lemon pepper parlays. I think we're diametrically opposed again. Coming up next. <laughs> All right, Mark, you want to lay out what the wrong lemon pepper parlay is or the right lemon pepper parlay? Because only one of these can be true. 
Uh, so we must be on the opposite ends on both plays here. It's kind of crazy. I'll start off with the right one, uh, taking the over. Y'all know you say like the under on the I Dolphins like the Eagles. I, I I think the Dolphins will still be able to put up points in this game. I, I don't think it's going to look as pretty as it's looked in previous weeks, but I, I do see a scenario where the Eagles got to a, a quick lead and where the, they may have a little bit of prevent defense, you know, get a little soft a little bit, and then the Dolphins take advantage and get back in the game. So give me the over there at 52, and I'm taking the Ravens on the money line. I really do like the Ravens, the value here at home three-point favorites, and I'm just expecting some regression. The Lions have to lose another game. They can't just keep winning, can they? They're still the Lions, right? They're still your dad's Lions? Or maybe they're not, but I'll, give me the Ravens. And I got both those plays at plus 207. As C.J. Gardner-Johnson said prior to week two, this ain't the same Detroit. <laughs> Lions go into Baltimore and win on the road. Back-to-back road wins. This one will be a more of a shootout, but this defense will stand tall against Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens and their lack of pass catchers. And then I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers on the this, money line This as one well. shocked me. This one surprised me. Kyron Williams goes down for the Rams. Steelers off a of bye, traveling to L.A. It's not – I mean, some of the Mike Tomlin spots are incredible when you think about like some of the ones you just have to auto bet. But I am going ahead and I'm saying, look, this is the Steelers' last stand for me. Yeah, first team, first place in the AFC and AFC North. Yeah, this is your last stand. They, I think they have enough defensive talent to hold the Rams up. Matthew Stafford got hurt uh, against the Colts and he's been playing kind of with a little limp in that hip. Think of the Steelers had ever an opportunity to figure out some of their offensive woes, it would have been over the last 10 days, right? Like we're going to get to the bottom and basis of something. And to me, for Mike Tomlin to remain above 500, this is the type of game against a team that was like, you know, kind of really good to start the year, you know, then kind of had a couple losses and everybody's still kind of, what is this Rams team? Well, defensively, I'm not in love with them. George Pickens goes off in this game. And that Lions money line, Steelers money line, plus 476. Just under five to one. There you go. Great, great value. Great value. Take that there. one right there and buy a Halloween costume with it. <laughs> well, this is a good episode, Martin. I feel good about this one. We're just Are you dressing week. up for Halloween? Um, We'll keep that a secret. We'll, I'll surprise oh, you. My goodness. You said we'll keep that a secret. That's how, how you like that. We'll keep it a secret from Mark Gunnels. I know I everybody's know. sitting here waiting with bated breath. I already know your outfit. What? You want me to say it? Go for it. You're, you're going to be Coach Prime, right? <laughs> I do have I have the Coach Prime possibility. I got the glasses. I got the shirt. I'm thinking I might have to wear a few because, you know, different Halloween moments. But I have another one. I'm going as Forrest Gump as well. Forrest Gump oh, from Alabama. Okay. Okay. And shout out to Eddie. He just gave me a good suggestion. I'm going to be Taylor Swift in a Kelsey jersey. How about that? I think you should, especially with the blonde wig. Yeah, I'm a Swifty. If you if you do that, <laughs> I will make fun of you relentlessly. I mean, I already wore a freaking dress on Hollywood Boulevard as Cinderella. I mean, wh- how much worse can it get at this point? It could, I could find a way. I'll try to make it. <laughs> I mean, you had way too much fun that day. I mean, i never seen you laugh and smile so much in my life. Dress like Taylor Swift and you'll see it again.
<laughs> Good luck this week, pal. Yeah, you too, man. See you next week.